Welcome or welcome back to Just Know The Podcast. We are an Inspirations and Intentions, our faith-based series. Our final guest for this series is Mariah. Hey, y'all. Y'all don't even know how long it took to get set up, so I'm just so happy, (laughs) but also so happy that we made this happen because it was a while in the making. It really was, and I'm really glad that we finally have gotten to this point. I'm very relieved to finally be able to sit and record with you. No, I'm so excited. I know, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna be so real with you right now because you low-key like intimidate me. Why, why would you say that? (laughs) I don't know, just cause like you're a tough cookie. Like, you are tough. You know what's so funny is I feel like that has just been, like, a lingering reputation that I've had for a long time. But I feel like I do have a very soft side, especially after having kids. I'm, like, super emotional now about the littlest thing. I feel like all of the toughness was kind of just a cry for help in those years of my life where I felt like I had no choice but to be tough. So now Mm. I embrace my softer side a lot more. I'm still tough. Don't get me wrong. Still tough, but (laughs) I I do embrace my softer side a lot more. I let the tough side show more so when I feel like I have more when I'm in like a defense. But for the most part, I try to be a little softer, Mm. a little more Mm open-minded. Back to that. Yeah, I feel like that's just a... I think it's just people from Salinas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, everybody has them. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I think we all have those moments. We did. Yeah. Yeah, um, but we used to work together at Forever 21, and I just remember nobody, you know, like you knew, like, don't mess with so-and-so, don't mess with so-and-so, or so-and-so's not like, in a good mood. You were always cool with me, but I'm like, those are one of the things. I was definitely low-key intimidated. I mean, I feel like I was always pretty cool with everybody unless I got to, you know, those weird uh, arguments. About go-backs? I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, I still think about that. And you know what's so funny? is that job, I feel like, set me up for the rest of my life. Same. The patience Mm. that I learned Mm -hmm. to have having that job really prepared me for life. Yeah. (laughs) No, seriously. I was thinking about this the other day, too, because I was helping someone with a resume. She wasn't giving herself credit, and I was like, dude, sometimes in those environments, you learn the craziest lessons from, like, toxic management to people who aren't groomed to really, or trained for, like, customer service you know what I mean you learned so much just working in the mall because I've worked in the mall for like a good 10 years I am not fluent in Spanish I'm Mexican I learned most of my Spanish working at the mall Mm -hmm. as an adult already which is crazy (laughs) because my parents hear me now my parents obviously speak Spanish they just didn't teach it to us now they hear me as an adult and they're like Mm -hmm. where the heck did you learn that Spanish and I learned it at work but okay well, super thankful. I know that was a little bit of a history for me and you. Those were good moments when you look back at it now because we're out of it. Mariah, look at you now. My goodness. Mother, wife, daughter, friend. You have two boys and you are a working professional. You're a God-fearing woman. And I am just so thankful that you're on here today. Anything I missed for the intro that you think needs to be said before we get started? No, I feel like that's pretty on point. I mean, aside from the professional side, I I like to kind of just keep my job and my my personal life is my personal life. And that's the most important to me. Obviously, there needs to be some type of importance to our the way that that we make our money to live our lives. But that's kind of just not something that I like to talk too much about. I learn things from it or whatever. But at the end of the day, you come home and this is this is it. This is what we do it for yeah I love that I think moving to the Bay Area it definitely changed my perspective a lot because it's like I don't know if it's a small town thing or if it's like all that matters as you work and you come home and that you have your family at home in that safe space versus going out here networking the next big thing and working at home and just getting the job done So I really admire what you said. And I think a big part of it is, is because when I'm home, I'm in my most comfortable space Mm. and the energy is the most pure here. I don't have that overbearing feeling on me. And it's funny because everybody that I work with is always like, oh my God, like 
you're so calm like you keep you keep it together so well and uh, because this this is just work I've taught myself how to keep myself composed and where I'm at when I'm there and I turn it off as soon as I get in the car and I'm ready to go home whatever happened in those eight hours it doesn't matter. I don't take it home with me. And the reason why is because I felt like that negative transfer of energy from whatever happened while I was on the clock, it was affecting everyone here. And I just felt like it was selfish of me to be doing that to be bringing all of that negativity into my safe space. And not only my safe space, my husband's safe space, my kids safe space, it was just I, I needed to stop it. So that's why I kind of just like mentally forced myself to keep it where it's at. This is where it stays, whatever drama is going on, because you know, working with women is always some type of a <laughs> drama going on at yeah. one point or another. So I kind of just leave it where it's at and then I also just kind of try to look at things with a positive outlook whatever this patient was rude to you they're probably just having a bad day like you know you don't never you never know what they're going through maybe they're going mm. through a divorce or maybe they're sick or maybe they have a family member that just passed you really never know what somebody's dealing with it's not my space to judge anyone so I kind of just take it on the chin and go about my day positively still smiles yeah yeah i think the biggest thing the biggest piece of advice like basically what you're saying is to never take anything too personal never because you never yeah. know what anyone else is going through it takes so much more energy to be negative than it does to be positive like if you've ever felt like when something wrong is going on how mm. drained your body feels and how like tired you are than you are when you're happy about something. That's the biggest thing for me. I, when I was allowing these negative feelings or this transfer of negative energy to invade mm, my mm -hmm. space, it was mentally and physically draining me. I would get home and just want to go to sleep because I was just so mentally exhausted from whatever. You know what Dang, I mean? And I had those days. Yeah, tell me more. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> and now I feel like looking at everything in a more positive outlook and kind of just leaving that negative energy literally at the door. I'm like, I'm not bringing it inside. It's going to stay out here with my shoes. <laughs> now I, I'm not tired. I'm able to come home. I'm able to hang out with my kids and cook dinner and do all of those things without feeling like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed or I'm so drained. Mm, yeah, those are the worst. I've definitely had moments where I just come home after a commute and I'm like, I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> they're yeah. the worst days oh yeah. my gosh I forgot about that dang okay so I you're so enlightened and I want to know why and how you are positive you're calm even you opening up that you can't take things personal and you still have to be kind to others it's basically what this podcast is about so should we get into you describing a little bit of like your upbringing or how you're religious or just your thoughts yeah. about that yeah um we can definitely get into that I feel like a big part of why I have such a positive outlook and I am in a sense so enlightened I, I mean I don't like to say I mean I am enlightened I guess but there's still a lot that I have to learn not only about myself but just about a lot of things there's always room for for knowledge <laughs> but a big reason why I have that sort of mindset is because I feel like I have overcome a lot. I guess I could start with my upbringing as a child. Um, my mom had when she was 16 years old. So uh, she was a very young mom. You know, at 16, what were we all doing at 16 years old? We we're living our lives barely understanding who we were. I mean, mm -hmm. and at that point, I don't even feel like I even understood anything about who I was. I didn't figure out who I was until I became an adult. And even now it's like I'm still learning. I feel like I still don't know when I'm 30, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and even now I'm still learning, still learning things about myself. So it's like at 16 years old, I couldn't imagine having a child. I had my first child at 25 years old and I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Yeah. So my mom had me very young, being that she had me so young, she kind of just wasn't really ready to fully raise me 100%. So I spent a lot of time with my grandma. I actually lived with my grandma for a while, pretty much raised me, stayed there. I went to school separately from 
my siblings for a long time. I feel like that alone was kind of a lot to deal with as a kid. I often fell into like these weird depressions, feeling like, oh my gosh, like my siblings live with my parents, but I don't. Why is that? Do they not care about me? Or you know, whatever. I also was so comfortable living with my grandma because that's what I knew. Mm -hmm. It was kind of just like a weird, I, I don't want to leave my grandma, but I also want my parents, I want my parents' attention as well. So I went through like really rough patches growing up. On top of that, I was a stepchild, so to say, because, yeah. you know, my dad is obviously not my real dad, but I've never known any other dad. I've had him in my life since I was about three, three months old. He's been with my mom and they've been together ever since. Dealing with being like the stepchild, I went through a lot because he was kind of coming to and from, to and from. I was molested as a child. Sorry, that's kind of a lot to just throw out there, but it's something that I've able, to, I've mm. been able to accept now as an adult. But Gosh. growing up, it kind of ate at me for a very yeah. long time. So that's why I kind of say that rough, tough girl mm. mentality that I had back then, I felt like I had to be that. Mm. I had this guard up, like I was kind of fearful in a way where I didn't want anybody mm -hmm. to be able to get too close to where they could hurt me innocent so I always have like this tough girl attitude you know everybody had that reputation in me like oh don't mess with her she'll fight you or you know yeah, she'll mess it, you up whatever it is <laughs> whatever it is but I feel like I just I kind of had to have that that attitude it was like my defense mechanism but moving forward through things that happened when I was really young you know I got older I went to went through middle school went through high school went through your regular teenage girl stuff feeling like you're in love or you're getting your heart broken and things like that your basic high school drama like yes. no one can see <laughs> this look I'm getting Mariah right now but oh my gosh I was talking about this with someone I was like why did I do any of that it's like why couldn't someone tell me Jennifer exactly you can do so much better you know what I mean <laughs> Or this is not the person you're going to be with for the rest of your life. Stop wasting so much energy on this. Don't risk you're, nothing. You're way too young <laughs> or, you know, whatever. And this is no knock to anybody who mm. is with their high school sweetheart and they're living that's, this great, That's a small, small, small life. percentage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A very small percentage because if I mm -hmm. knew what I knew now, then I would have been like, I'm not wasting my time. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same girl. Yeah. But back to what we were talking about. So I went through that in my high school years, the support that I wish I did to go to college. And I know that sounds kind of crazy because I know that there's a lot of people who still make it happen and go to college and whatnot with no support. But I was kind of like in a really weird space where it was there, you're going to work these jobs and you're going to support yourself. Yeah. Or you're going to really, really struggling and go to school so I made the decision to just work mm. work 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 and for a while I had multiple jobs at once mm -hmm. I want to say for about seven years I had at least two jobs at a time up until I had my first son yeah from 18 to 25 I had two jobs you know not the same two jobs but I'm saying I've, I had two jobs at a time until I was 25 years old so if I didn't if I wasn't working at one place I always consistently had two two sources of income until I turned 25 my focus was on work I worked a lot now during that period of time in between after high school before I met my husband that I'm with now, I have, you know, I had some rough wow. patches where I was kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life type of deal where yeah. I was kind of just running wild and just going out and just drinking all the time and really have any goals or anything. I was kind of just, just out here. Just, <laughs> I don't really know how to describe mm -hmm. it. I was just not doing anything. I think I was just kind of in a stage of maybe it was depression. I probably could have really benefited from talking to somebody or you're young, you don't really know. I'm kind of just... They don't tell you any of this. No. They don't at tell all. you anything so, of how to like process your your thoughts and your emotions and nothing. Nothing. Coming from Hispanic home, you don't really believe in like going to therapy and stuff like that. It's kinda like, what are you talking about? What are you talking yeah. about? You're depressed. You're crazy. Same like, with Asian parents. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're making it up. It's in your head. That's what they tell you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're making it up. I just kind of dealt with it by drinking and going out and being surrounded by friends. I thought that that's what I needed was just to be around other people. And turns out, no, 
that was not that was not the answer to my <laughs> issues. Fast forward to meeting my husband. It's really funny because he actually went to Alvarez. He went to Alvarez my freshman year, so he was a junior. We kind of were around the same people, I guess, so to say. Uh, we both played basketball. We kind of all hung out in that little area where... Amphitheater? Amphitheater, yes, yes. So we all kind of hung out there. You know, obviously I would see him around all the time. I was never like interested in him like that, attracted to him or anything like that. One day I was at work, I was at Vans, and he walks in. Hey, I recognize him. And he was like, hey, you went to Alvarez. I was like, yeah. So we get to talking and he's kind of trying to throw a little charm in Mm -hmm. there, like cute or whatever. And I'm like, like, no, I don't need these kind of issues. So I'm just going to ignore this. And a couple days pass and in he comes again and I see him again and I'm <laughs> are you going to buy something this time? Because the first time he didn't buy anything. So I was like, <laughs> are you going to buy something this time? And so he ended up buying something that weekend. I end up going out and I end up going out to the Bluefin and I run into this guy that I, who was dating one of my friends at the time. And I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? And <laughs> Lo and behold, who's with him? My man is there standing with him like, oh, hey, oh my God, this is three times in the same week that we run into each other. And I'm like, gosh, like, is this it? Like, is this the person? Because this is so crazy that I run into this person this many times. Actually, we're at the Bluefin and then we end up going somewhere after that. His friend asked me, the sober driver, so he's like, hey, I'm going somewhere after this. Do you mind dropping him off? And I'm like, dropping him off? Like, what the hell do I look like? (laughs) So whatever. I go, I drop him off. He asks me for my number. Mm -hmm. I give it to him. He texts me and I don't respond to him for like two or three weeks. Literally, he's texting me so consistently. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not I don't want these issues. Because when I seen him when he walked in, you know, I see this tall, brown, gorgeous man with tattoos all over the place. (laughs) I'm like, I don't need these issues. I'm not responding. I'm not setting myself up. That was me just judging a book by its cover at its finest because I was just looking at him and just thinking yeah he comes with a whole bunch of issues he probably doesn't have it on he's probably just as nasty as it sounds he's probably a low life he probably doesn't have anything good going that was really my mindset at that time and I was like I'm not responding and then I don't know what it was but something told me like you know what respond hang out with him. So I was like, okay, I'm going to. I responded and we hung out. We've been inseparable ever since. And I judged him and he was completely opposite of what I judged him as because he graduated college. He played basketball overseas. He had all these little accomplishments that I didn't have. And I'm sitting here judging him as if I'm just this, I'm just this accomplished bossy ass female. And (laughs) turns out, wow, you really showed me because he wasn't any of those things. On top it off, he was hilarious. So that's a plus. To me was a little bit of like fate for this person to pop up in my life out of nowhere this many times in the same week. And then me just get this really weird gut feeling like I should respond. And he's just being so persistent and so consistent in trying to get my attention. Now here we are almost seven years later with two kids. Wow. So obviously I didn't know any of that. So thank you so much for sharing. And if you, I'm so like mind blown right now to see you, what you've been through, even you describing like everything from your childhood and then the ups and downs through like, I guess, early adulthood to now, I guess, first of all, I'm just so thankful you even told me, even if we keep this private, I'm so thankful because it really does give me a new perspective. Because I feel like even though it's something negative, it's kind of shaped who I am. And I feel like me keeping it to myself for so long has caused more damage Mm. than good. Mm -hmm. It's not something where I want to go on this platform and talk about it and bash the person whoever it was I don't want to do any of that but at least just let people know that these things sometimes happen sometimes they happen and I feel like there's not enough light shed on how much 
these things that happened to you as a kid can affect you into your adulthood because even though they don't seem like they're that when you're really young and know you go so many years dealing with it people feel like oh my god that happened so long ago yeah you know because yeah. it, it was very long ago it was probably like mm -hmm. at least 20 like 22 years ago I think I was what probably like eight years old it's been a really long yeah. time but I feel like it's no, just so right. made me struggle a lot growing up as an adult even in a sense you know like you were saying me being that intimidating person to other people not really trying to be but it's just my aura that I'm letting off because I'm using that as like a means to defend myself mm. I don't want people to think that I'm soft or I can be shaken because I feel like that's an opening for somebody to try to hurt me mm. No, thank you for shedding that light on that because I think me being 30, I look back and I hear these stories and I'm like, people don't talk about this and then people also think like, oh, that wouldn't happen to someone. When it's like, no, it actually, I don't know the statistics. No, that's, it's super traumatic and, you know, I'm sorry all that happened. And it doesn't matter how, how far back it was, you know? Yeah, and like I, like I was saying, you never know what somebody has gone through or what they're dealing with or what they've mm -hmm. dealt with in their lifetime. As angry as we get sometimes at people, because even myself, as enlightened as I am, there's still times where I'm like, oh, I wish I could punch that person in the face. I've learned to control that and just let things be mm -hmm. what it is not everything is for me to understand mm. you know not everything is for me to understand and i'm okay with that and i think that is i feel like that's a big problem for a lot of people is that we always want to understand everything and it's like there's just some things that are not meant for us to understand kind of change the subject a little bit but still kind of stay on topic where say walk by faith not by sight i'm okay with not understanding everything and I feel like that's why I'm able to put my faith in God for a lot of I feel like me sitting there battling with myself trying to understand has caused so much more trauma than actually just letting go and letting God. Let me just let go and let God. God has yet to fail me. And I feel like once you mm -hmm. sit there and you start questioning things and you start trying to understand things that are not meant for you to understand, is when you kind of just start putting yourself, digging yourself in this hole of like just, I don't know, maybe just a hole of negativity or like a hole of just issues that, you know, you probably could have prevented by just letting go and just letting things play out the way that they are meant to play out. Mm. Yeah, no, I like how you said that because I was thinking about this other day how sometimes, like how you said, people always want to try to understand stuff but people also want to try to control stuff. And it's like, we're not in control. God's in control, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that is exactly where the wanting to understand stuff comes from is because when you understand it, you're mm. able to control it. Yeah. And I think that's exactly, you're right, you're on point. We want to we wanna control things. And like, there's really nothing that we can do, do about it. There's no way around it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a lot of things that we are in control of. But there are a lot of other things that, you know, we're not in control of. And even then, I feel like the things that we are in control in con control of, we're really not in control of. <laughs> they, he wants you to think you're in control. Yeah. You're but it was meant to happen. And that's why yeah. it's happening. Yeah. More on that. How do you lean on faith? And especially, how do you let go and let God and just, you know, continue to have faith during these times? So, I mean, of course it's hard. It's hard because we always want to sit in question. We always want to, like I said, we always want to understand. So it's, it's definitely hard. But I think the things that I've dealt with, more so in my adult life, the things that I've dealt with and the things that I've been able to overcome by just letting go and letting God handle it the way it's meant to be handled has just shaped my mindset to to feeling like there's just no other way. As, as much as I struggle with wanting to be in control, I know that I'm not. So I don't even sit there and I don't like, I don't bother trying to be. I kind of just let it, let it be whatever it is. I don't just sit there and say, let everything go. Let all my responsibilities go. No, of course we still have to work towards making sure that, you know, that everything is good. Let me go back on a little story after high school, when I started working and all that stuff, I mean, I'm going through my partying phase, I'm kind of just 
in a sense, just a lost cause. I have no goal, like nothing, no motivation to be anything or do anything. I'm kind of just all over the place. I, you know, I meet my man, you know, we're in this weird, wow, this is like fate sort of phase where you know, some time passes, I end up figuring out like, you know what, I actually really, really care about this person. Like, I think this is the person who I'm meant to be with. God obviously brought this person into my life for a reason. I say that because before I met him, I really didn't have a relationship with God. I was unsure of whether mm. there was a God or not mm -hmm. because of all of the things that I had been through that were traumatic that I didn't understand that I felt like I, I needed to understand. If there's a God, why am I going through these things? Or why am I feeling this way? Or why am I depressed and questioning if I belong here or not? Things like that. I'm sitting there, there can't be a God if he's allowing these things to happen to me throughout my life. And then I met him and we talked and we got to know each other and I learned his background and his history oh. and the things that he went through as a kid and all the stuff that he was able to overcome and still graduate from college and go overseas to play basketball. And he accomplished all of those things without having feel like it's two of the most mm. important people mm -hmm. in your life, which is your mom and your grandmother. I mean, at least for me, he was able to accomplish all of those yeah, things yeah. and lean on his faith in God. There must be a God. Why am I sitting there questioning mm -hmm. whether there is or there isn't? Because I don't understand the things that he's been putting me through. Because when you think about it, all of negative things <clears throat> that we go through or the terrible things that we go through in life are obviously they come from the devil. The devil cannot put us through any of those things without the say-so of God. In a sense, God is also putting us through those things. And they're always to teach us a lesson or, you know, shape us for what's to come. He basically showed me, yes, there is a God. After that, I started praying. I started talking to God, just having regular conversations mm -hmm. with God and building my own relationship. Because it, it, it's... Dang, you just took a leap of faith. Yeah. I do. It started off with my conversation, him telling me how, how his relationship with God worked, how he would sit and pray and he would read scriptures every night. Just seeing that, I felt like, you know what, I can do that too. I can, I can build my own relationship. So I did. I started building my own relationship with him. Mm. Shortly after that, I ended up getting pregnant and I had a miscarriage. It's crazy that I'm sitting here and I'm now building my relationship with God and my faith in God is building and then boom, mm. I get hit with something that's kind of like, wow, like again, like again, God, yeah. you're really, you're really doing this to me. Yeah, I thought we, I thought we were going on the same yeah, page here. Yeah, I thought we were building something. Like, what is going <laughs> yeah. on here? During that time, I was starting to transform my mindset to feeling like this is happening for a reason. This is happening for a reason. So I was able to kind of shake it off. You know, obviously mm. it was bothersome. It was something that I was kind of like, you know, not prepared for. But I mean, whoever is prepared for something like that. We ended up deciding amongst each other that we were going to try again. We tried again. I got pregnant again. Here comes my first little baby. And that's why I named him Phoenix. Because, you know, the the Phoenix bird, it rises from the ashes. Mm -hmm. and I, I think that's so beautiful, by the way. That was like my second shot. Like God was saying, okay, you weren't doing all of the right things before this, but I'm giving you a second chance. Don't, don't F this up. And in a sense, my baby was like the Phoenix rising from the ashes. So mm. the ashes of my mm -hmm. past life, my trial years. That's why I named my son Phoenix. I, I won't even say that I wish that I could say that was the end of my trials and tribulations, but... I feel like I needed to go through everything that I've gone through to be where I'm at now. So I can't even sit there and say that I would change anything because I don't think I would. But after I had my son, I got pregnant right away after with my second son. I went through a little bit of like postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. You know, I never anticipated being a mom of two so soon. I was just trying to yeah. get through learning how to be a new mom, let alone a new mom of two back to back. I feel like my body was never able to fully recover from having my first baby. So I'm going through all these weird changes. My hormones are all over the place. Now I'm pregnant again. I'm breastfeeding my son. I had to stop breastfeeding him. It was too much being pregnant and breastfeeding and it was just a lot. So 
I stopped breastfeeding him. I was upset at myself for that because I'm like, I'm neglecting my baby because I, you know, I effed up and I got pregnant again. Mm -hmm. I'm like blaming, putting a lot of blame on myself and it was just a lot. So I was going through, you know, a bit of postpartum and I, this would probably be great to talk about for your next series, but I, I feel like a lot of people are not enlightened about. Yeah. So real. Yeah. I feel like not enough people are enlightened about postpartum depression. I feel like that is a whole nother beast that we could talk about at another time. But I was definitely going through that after finding out that I was pregnant again after just giving birth to my son a couple months before that. (laughs) So going through that and then after you have a child, people don't tell you how much strain it puts not only on yourself but on your relationship. You're going through all these changes mentally and physically and as much as you don't understand it, how do you expect your partner to understand it who's also a first-time parent and wasn't ever taught about any of these things Mm -hmm. not only that didn't have a mom to really teach him how to deal with a female's emotions you know we were struggling a bit then I had my second son we ended up getting evicted from our apartment honestly I don't feel like it was really anything that we did personally I think that her relationship with my husband was just not Mm. the best She didn't really like him. I don't want to say that it was a racial thing, but it kind of felt like it was. Yeah. Yeah. Our other neighbors were white. We're not. She would kind of just go back and forth with him about things that were just ridiculous. Oh, you didn't cut down a box and you just left it on the side of the recycling bin. I'm going to come knock on your door and I'm going to complain Mm -hmm. to you about it just because instead of just asking you if you can please cut the box down or it's like are all your other neighbors cutting the boxes down or are you just telling me exactly <laughs> yeah there was one time he had he had a friend over and it was super dark the friend ended up backing into the staircase and broke one of the little poles literally two days later we got an eviction notice so it was like she was really just waiting for something like she was waiting for her mm-hmm. moment so you could imagine how much stress I was under being that I had two babies. I had a one-year-old and I had a new, and I was just like, what are we going to do? Still trying to be somewhat positive, but still questioning and wanting to understand, like, what is going on? Why are we going through all of this? I start apartment hunting. We end up finding a spot pretty fast, which Mm -hmm. seemed so perfect it seemed like the answer to all of our problems i was like oh my god this is what we needed god was only putting us through that to set us up for what's to come something better found this two-bedroom apartment that was really decent rent because we were paying an arm and a leg we were living downtown monterey so we were paying so much rent we found a spot that was the same amount but for a two-bedroom really close to my parents it was just like Mm. it was perfect i was like oh my god this is it Yeah, we move out to our new apartment and we start taking all of our stuff out. Mm -hmm. And this lady comes out and she's like, I wouldn't do that if I was you. There's bed bugs in that apartment. And we're like, what? What are you talking about? Mind you, we've already done a walkthrough. The place is clean. It's spotless. It looks renovated, brand new, marble countertops, wood floors, like everything is new. Yeah. So we're like, this lady seems crazy. She's tripping and and she's so persistent. She's like, no, I wouldn't do that. You have babies. I wouldn't move. That guy's a crook. He's a crook. Don't do it. And And now we're like, okay, maybe we should ask somebody else. So we go to the neighbor on the other side and we knock on the door and we ask him you know there's a lady out here she's telling he's all bed bugs like before we could finish our sentence he's all bed bugs yeah (gasps) and then we end up going to talk to another neighbor the guy ends up saying no i don't have any but i know that the the apartment where you guys are going to be moving into they've been having a lot of issues that's why the tenant moved out so we end up going to the apartment directly under and the same thing they start telling us that they have them in their apartment and they've been trying to get the landlord to fix it for about a year now and he's just giving everyone the runaround okay we have all of our things on the u-haul we're like what is going on we can't move our things in here there's no way we end up contacting the guy he kind of gives us a little bit of bs he's saying he's gonna do he's gonna clean it or he's gonna get the not clean it but he's gonna get insect pest control to come and you know whatever bed bugs are like cockroaches you can't just get pest control to come you have to literally fumigate the whole building 
you have to get everyone out of there and you have to it's like a it's a big issue it's not something where you can just spray some chemicals and they're just gonna go away so I'm like you know what no we need our we need our money back we need our deposit we need our rent like we need it all back so a couple days later he ends up giving us our money back our stuff still in oh a U-Haul obviously this is where we're at right now we need to put our stuff in a storage ended up staying with my parents yeah for I say like two or three days my parents don't have room for us it's just not realistic there's no space I have two kids of my own something that you can do for a day or two have somewhere to sleep basically it was not realistic for something long term and who knew who knows how long it was going to take for us to find somewhere else my husband ended up asking one of his friends that he knew had an extra room friend was like yeah absolutely you know you guys can come stay as long as you need yeah there's a little bit of relief a little bit frustrated and just stressed out about yeah. it so we get to this place yeah. it looks like a trap house it looks so bad it's so dirty you know those episodes of quarters where there's just yeah. shit everywhere and there's piled up dirty dishes it just looked so bad it looked so bad i was like oh my gosh Okay, let's like, go. You're, you're like, no, let's go back. We'll go back to my mom's. Yeah. But mind you, at this point, the reason why we had left my mom's was because not only there wasn't enough space, but my sister and my husband had got into an argument. We can't, we can't do this. We have to figure something out. There we are standing here. It looks crazy. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you know what? We have to make the best of it. So we, we, I told my mom, I said, you know what, can you watch the boys for a couple of days? We renovated the whole room ourselves. We took out mm-hmm. all of the carpet. We painted the walls. We sanded down the floors, the wood. Mind you, it's an old house, so it had actual wood on underneath mm-hmm. the carpet. So we sanded down all of the wood, stained it. We literally became carpenters. That is the hardest. Yeah, that that's hard. It's so hard. And I just was so determined to do it. We have to do it. We have to do it because yeah. we're this is where we're going to be at until we find somewhere to stay. We did it. We made this room. We literally transformed this room from and when I say like a trap house, like it was so nasty. You could tell whoever was in there before us definitely did drugs in there definitely did drugs and I'm not talking weed drugs I'm talking like hardcore drugs like he probably did heroin and who knows what else Mm. it was just it was crazy you know what it's temporary we're gonna do what we're gonna do Mm. I was on maternity leave through all of this I'm on maternity leave I'm not getting a good check coming in I'm getting like a percentage of whatever I would have been getting and it's really nothing we're really just living off of his income for the most part so it was crazy so we do that we end up staying there and it was really tough. We couldn't cook in the kitchen. It was just so filthy. It was disgusting. The refrigerator was disgusting. Everything was disgusting. It was literally like a hoarder house. I'm telling you. The sink had piled up nasty, moldy, dirty dishes. Like the kitchen had boxes and bags of garbage. I'm honestly surprised that there wasn't rats. It was just so bad. So we couldn't cook in there. We ate out a lot. We would go to my parents just to eat. Like things like that. And could imagine you have, I had two babies. One was, you know, obviously one was breastfed and the other was one years old, but was already starting to eat regular food. And I'm like, I can't be feeding him fucking Burger King and McDonald's. And we ended up buying a hot plate and I started cooking on a hot plate. So we're literally doing everything in this little room. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. We have the babies in there, all of everything that we own as far as the things that we could carry with us we're in that room Mm -hmm. and then not only that we're cooking in there we're literally cooking in that room on a hot plate like we're camping out and I sat there told my husband I said you know what a year from now we are going to be in a completely different space than we are God has never failed us he's not gonna fail us now we are gonna get through this and we're gonna it's gonna be a 360 mm-hmm. from where we're at right this is i want to say august of 2018 and come april mm-hmm. you know mind you throughout this whole time i'm on maternity he ends up losing his job they lay him off they gave him like this bs reason of why they laid him off he thinks it's because he didn't speak spanish because everyone obviously spoke spanish he didn't and i was like oh my gosh that's another thing that we're dealing with we're in this crammed up room we can't cook we can't shower our kids you know it was just terrible 
he loses his job. I'm like, we got to still just keep our faith. Like, we got to keep our faith. God's going to get us through it. He's going to get us through it. And then boom, or come March, after we had been applying and applying and applying different places, we get a couple callbacks, actually. And then we end up finding where we're at now. And it's been great ever since. (sighs) Everything that we dealt with from like 2018 to 2019, it built, I feel like it really built us. Like it built like everything that we stand on at this point yeah holy moly no everything that i'm getting is like you know how sometimes you go through the craziest stuff it's like what you were saying before like you got you just have to like keep your faith and just whatever it is you know that you're not gonna stay there that god is gonna pull you out yeah what i feel like it is the devil sense you're sitting there and he knows that you're questioning Mm. god so he kind of, in a sense, says, okay, God, look at this. Like, yep. I'm going to break this person. I'm going to break this person. I'm going to get through, and I am going to crush them. And God mm-hmm. says, okay, well, try it. I guess your faith is really what is the determining factor of who wins. Yeah. Going through all of that, it could have been so easy yeah. for us to just give up and say, you know what? We can't do it. Like, we have two newborn, we're homeless basically jobless at that point we were jobless like I was on maternity leave he Mm -hmm. lost his job it was just like a domino effect of negativity that was just hitting us our faith was the determining factor of what the outcome I'm so thankful that I had the faith that I had and that I was able to go through that with somebody who also had the same faith as I did and we were able to come out and be where we're at now no, it's back to what you were saying about the devil will try to break you and that your faith, right, will be what saves you. But it is crazy how the devil will literally try to take everything away from you where you can't even, how can I pay my bills? How can I feed my kids? How can I, how can I even just stay in this? You know what I mean? There's so many things that I bet was going through your head. Literally, I feel like that's when you know, like, okay. The devil's coming right now and I need to like I can't even I can't even begin to tell you the amount of nights that I like cried of frustration. Mm -hmm. I just had to keep talking myself through it and praying and talking to God and flat out just keeping my faith, keeping my faith that he was going to get us through it as hard as it was and as as crazy as everything was I had to just keep my faith that it was going to be better and I kept speaking it into existence your faith is one thing but also your outlook on things is another your energy is another manifestation is another everything plays a role and I was doing it all I was praying I was keeping my faith I was manifesting it Mm -hmm. I was trying to control like the vibration of my energy all of it there were times where like my husband would get frustrated and oh like I'm so sick of this and I would say stop don't bring negativity don't speak negativity into existence like just stop it's gonna get better I promise it is gonna get better because I didn't want his negativity to feed into what we were already going slow down our process of getting through things because I was so steadily manifesting I was really heavy praying I'm manifesting I'm we are going to get through this I I kept telling him mark my words a year from now we are going to be in a totally different space and then there we were literally a year later from when we lost our apartment I sat there and I looked at him and I said wow Mm. like who would have ever thought that we were going to be here a year me I thought it I knew (laughs) it you know what I mean I knew that we were going to get through it and I'm so thankful that we went through that because I feel like going through that made us so much more connected as a family It really just created this bulletproof shield on our mind. Literally nothing that we can't get through. Even if something does hit us out of the blue, we will know how to get through it. And we will be able to get through it. And we know that even together, our faith is that much stronger than it would have been had we been, yeah, had we been apart. Yeah, as a whole, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm like over here getting (laughs) teary-eyed. No, it's so dope. Wow. No, it's so dope. Like the whole transformation and you god sending you your partner and then it just sparking this like this whole thing for you and then you guys walking together through faith and then making it through 
no, I would cry too, girl. You know, it's times like that where sometimes you admire people or you're like kind of jealous of people like, dang, like they have it so easy. But then it's like, no, because the people who go through it, they have a, a place in the kingdom. You know what I mean? Like they are being tested for a reason. You know, what's so funny too is we always get those comments from like friends or like people around us. Oh my gosh, you guys just seem like you have it all together. Like your guys' relationship just seems so dope. You guys have your own place and you guys have your kids and everything just and I'm like, if you only knew what it took to get here, it wasn't always this. And it's, and I'm sure that it's mm -hmm. not always going to be just this sweet, smooth sailing ride. I'm sure there's going to be something else that'll come to test us. I just feel like we mm. just made a promise to each other that we were going to continue to just walk on faith together, not allow whatever nonsense that comes comes about you know split us up because we know that at the end of the day that's the devil's work that's what he wants yeah this was the message i had to be spoken today no really because i do think um <laughs> like going back to like uh your partner how you feel like dang is this my person god i feel like that's people don't think like that and it's a real thing like you really do have to think like god does have a, per a person for everybody yeah. and it's like i didn't think that when i was like you know growing up but i think i kind of did but then it was a smoke and mirrors yeah for a bit and so i love that how you just trusted it and you were open to him talking about faith yeah and it's so crazy because i'm like he went to the same high school as me for a little bit and i never had any type of interest in him at all i never would have thought even today seven years later i'm like who the heck would have ever thought and i'm sure people that went to high school with us are probably what in the heck they ended up together how like Mm -hmm. It's not for us to understand. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> I always think of it as God knew that he needed somebody with my strength and I needed somebody with his. Yeah. Because even though you're, you are mentally or physically or whatever it is, you're strong, so to say, there's always something that you can't do. There's always something that you lack. You can't do it all. You're not Superman. You're not Hercules. You're not You're not those things. Mm. There's always something that you lack that somebody else could bring to the table. I kind of had that that mindset for a while where I'm like, I don't, need, I don't need anybody. Like, I got this. I'm strong. I'm that girl. I mean, like, I always walked around with my chest out. Like, I'm this you know, big badass chick and i really just girl we all have those moments where it's like i don't need no man we're fine yeah, yeah. i needed somebody to really be like yo slow down hold your horses <laughs> you need to pray like you need to mm. cut the shit out and you need to pray mm -hmm. <laughs> i i needed that i really did oh i love it one thing that i really want to talk about before we kind of close out i reached out to you specifically because you do have that faith and then you don't let fear get to you i'm sure there were times in your life or especially that time maybe like that fear kind of crept in like i'm kind of like scared like what am i gonna do like who am i gonna ask and you know all those things kind of happened and in a world where the devil is constantly sending fear to kind of creep in and question your your purpose and how much longer i'm gonna get through it right what courage or yeah encouraging words do you have for for people to keep the faith and fight all of the fear why i brought it up is i just feel like satan's timing right now is pretty crazy hitting in a time technology is so prevalent right and then we have you know people in relationships but are not really like in relationships about faith as a foundation we talked about this a little bit where people don't realize how much the transfer of energy affects them and it's not just a transfer of like physical energy where you're allowing somebody to touch you and their energy is rubbing off on you or whatever it is but also the things that you read online the things that you allow to get to you mentally online those are all also a part of negative transfer of energy we're reading all of these things on the internet, we're listening to all of these videos and hearing all of these people talk nothing but negativity. For example, like during the pandemic, I was on the internet a lot, voicing my opinion on how I felt about certain things, but I also needed to take that time to put my phone down and actually just enjoy the moment of being with my family and in the positive energy that I was being able to experience with being at home with my kids and with my husband and all of that stuff because I could feel mm -hmm. how 
the negative energy on the internet was affecting me as well. You know what I mean? Even just having that back and forth conversation with somebody about a difference in opinion, that can really affect your energy. First of all, that, that's not what I intend when I post my opinion on what I believe in versus whatever somebody else believes in. It's never to sit there and tell somebody that they're wrong or engage in this negative back and forth with them. It is never that. I have gotten into those types mm -hmm. of conversations with people only I feel like in sort of like a defense way where they're sitting there and telling me that I'm dumb mm -hmm. for not doing what everyone else is doing or because I believe this versus that and I'm kind of defending myself so then it ends up being this mm. back and forth match of well you're wrong and I'm right type of thing but that's never what yeah. I intend I, I'm just voicing that it is okay to have another opinion it's okay to not follow the masses. It's okay to walk on faith and me feel like God intended for us to be able to get through this without BS that the government is trying to throw at us or whatever mm -hmm. it is. You know what I mean? Not to get off of topic, but that energy transfer on the internet yeah. can affect you in a lot of ways. And you were saying about people being in relationships, this day and age that's a big one i feel like so many people seek attention on the internet that it's hard to be in a relationship in this era or this generation like it's really hard been able to kind of like brush it off because my husband does music and could imagine he has girls in his dms or girls leaving hard eyes on his mm. pictures or little stuff and i'm just kind of like whatever I don't care as long as I know that he's respecting me and he's not entertaining it and giving the attention mm -hmm. back. I don't care. I trust that he is going to respect me behind my back. But there's a lot of people that don't. There is a lot of people that don't. There's a lot of people that really thrive on that mm. engagement, on that internet attention. It's like you get this attention on the internet, but nine times out of ten, I see somebody that I meet on the internet, even if it's just a friendly like, oh, hey, girl, like your hard eyes on the picture. I see them outside of the internet and they act brand new, like they've never seen you in their life. And it's kind of like, wow, like you weird ass. <laughs> I just said hi to you two days ago. Now you're acting brand new like you didn't know me. You know, just weird stuff like that where people are not are not able to accept yeah. the fact that the internet <laughs> is not the real world you know in a sense it's real because obviously uh -huh. people are posting real things that they're doing or whatever it is but a lot of times it's really staged for the gram like people are really doing it for the gram you can't allow it gives a false sense of reality yeah yeah exactly you can't allow that false sense of reality you can't allow it to determine what your mood and your energy is like in real life yeah I feel like people are, not everyone is in that, for example, the way I was saying about going to work and coming home and turning it on and off. It's the same thing with the internet. You should be able to turn it on and off. You're engaging or whatever. You're laughing at certain things on the internet. You get off the internet and you're back to your regular real life. You can't sit there and just harp on things that are going on behind your phone screen, which you shouldn't even be staring at for that long anyways because you're messing up your eyesight <laughs> you're not only messing up your brain and your energy you're messing up your eyes too so <laughs> try to stay off the internet people or if you have to be on the internet try to create that barrier between real life and unrealistic expectations of life mm. no i love that i only because i know we spoke over the phone and i really loved how what you said and it really hit because yeah I had to unfollow some people I really had to unfollow certain people and stop looking at certain blogs and certain stuff because I was like oh no like this is affecting same. me like my energy is yeah. really draining by looking at this stuff see I, I think the thing is what makes people not able to create that barrier mm -hmm. between that is because they're not conscious of how their body and their mind is reacting to it in the first place. People aren't sitting there thinking, well, why is my, why do I feel so drained? Or why am I so irritable? Or why am I bothered all of a sudden? Or whatever it is, people are not putting two and two together. Well, I just was reading something that 
kind of had my blood boiling and now I'm sitting here and I'm frustrated for the rest of the day because that one thing that I read on the internet and they're not realizing oh I had a negative transfer of energy and now I'm walking around with it all day they're not putting those two and two together they're just going about their day just I know a lot of people probably do this when people like the first thing they do when they wake up in the morning they go on the internet that's how you're really starting off your day. You're starting off your day with something that you've seen on the internet and that is terrible. I hate that for Mm -hmm. you. I hate that you did that for yourself. You never know what you're gonna see first thing. You never know. It's just luck of the draw. Open up your phone and just so happen to load on to something negative then that's probably how you're gonna go about the rest of your day. Obviously we know that transfer of energy goes a lot further than the internet. I mentioned this to you before just as far as getting on to record. It took me so long because I felt like mentally I was going through some negative stuff. I felt like it would be selfish for me to do that. Selfish for me to come on here and be face to face with you and then have you record Mm. me and it's like that negative energy. I don't want that to be transferred to you or to anyone else. Very conscious of that. (laughs) I know it's not the right time. I need to wait until my mind is clear and I'm able to sit and actually Mm -hmm. talk to her. I mean, I think I mentioned this to you too. Like I wouldn't even touch somebody's pregnant belly if I know that I'm not having a good day or I'm not in a positive mind space Mm -hmm. because I do not want to upset that baby (laughs) before it even gets here. I don't want to like transfer my negativity onto somebody so innocent and pure and I just don't think that it's no it's selfish. I feel like people need to really start to understand their energy and my my family laughs like my parents and my siblings and everyone laughs and they're just like oh my god you're just like the shaman or I don't know what he said he's just like you and all this like energy stuff and your natural supplements and you're this and you're that and I'm just like whatever I just take it for what it is this has helped me it's it's honestly made me a better person it's really getting me through no, I am from the very beginning. I did not know how this episode was going to go because obviously, you know, that we had an outline and I kind we kind of knew like, okay, well, just however the conversation flows, but you just like, you hit on so many things of people try too hard to try to understand stuff. People try too hard to control stuff and then they lack, you know, faith. The reality is God is in control. Also, like you bring this perspective of like you being a mom, it kind of is it like a different it's so I don't know if you ever heard Andrea's episode she talks about like praying over her kids and her kids like that's the home that that's like a safe space and you know you are really protective of that the foundation that you set if you haven't listened to episode that episode anyone listening go back and listen to it because she talks about she wanted to you know do things for God and he wasn't on the same page your guys's story is just like you guys went through the trenches together. That I have not heard that episode, so I definitely will make a point to go. What's funny is I've listened to a lot of the episodes, and I listen to them on my way to work. Oh! I'll listen to it on my way to work tomorrow. But that's funny that you say that, you know, that she prays over her kids and things like that, because, you know, obviously that's things that we do too, but we do them as a collective. So I think it's very important. Oh, no. Yeah, it's very important that you have somebody who's on the same page as you, especially when it comes to your faith. Yeah. You don't want to have somebody who kind of just sits there and takes your relationship with God slightly. Mm. Even to the point where it's like, there's certain people that I will not even allow to come into my home because this is my safe space for me and my children and I don't want that negativity whatever that person is bringing Mm -hmm. with them I don't know if it's something or if it's not but just in case I'd rather I'd rather I burn incense I burn sage I light candles you know I do all of that and I make sure that this space where my kids lay their heads is as safe as it possibly can be not only for them physically you know what I mean like (laughs) You know, I'm not yeah. thinking about people breaking into my home and things like that. I'm not talking safe mm-hmm. in that space, but I'm talking safe as far as their energy and their minds and things like that. Because right now is like the purest that they're ever going to mm-hmm. be. They're children and I want them to stay children for as long as they can be in this crazy world that is really trying so hard to taint our children's minds. Mm. I definitely will make a point to yeah. listen to that episode because I think mm-hmm. that is, that's a big thing. I wasn't telling you directly, just anyone listening. Yeah. No, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't trying to get at you, girl. No, this is so dope. Because I just feel like it's so important 
to have that foundation as a couple. And I didn't take that, I didn't really think about that until like recently, because I didn't start really like deep into prayer until only a year ago. And see, that's not to say that you're not always going to find somebody who automatically has the same mindset as like I was saying earlier, I didn't even know if there was a God. It took him introducing me to that for me to actually sit there and start creating my own relationship with God. You may not always find that person who right off the bat has your same your same beliefs and your same mindset when it comes to faith, but you could definitely help them build their faith. Mariah, I just think y'all are built different. (laughs) I don't think I appreciated couples who really did have a strong faith or put God first as a foundation until recently. So I really appreciate you just sharing your story. And I don't know what to say. I'm kind of speechless. I feel like I'm still processing everything. So I wish I had better commentary right now. But I'm just really thankful because you touch on so many things like postpartum, what you went through when you were little, that alone, those two things alone are just mind blowing, right? I wish that we had endless amounts of time to harp on all of those things because I feel like those are definitely things that need a little bit more light shed on them. I mean, to say the least, those things are not things that Mm -hmm. are meant, they're meant to break you, but they should not be able to break you. But maybe those are things that can be talked about at a later time on a different episode. You'll put something in the works for those types of things. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely feel like if more walked in faith um, when approached with those types of things, traumatic, life-changing things, I feel like it'll be a lot easier for people to get through sometime down the line because obviously we can't put a time frame on somebody's healing especially when it comes to things like that sometime down the line they'll be able to talk about it or they'll be able to to use that as stepping stones to having a deeper faith yeah definitely mariah is there anything that you want i think that was it i feel like that was i'm really glad that we finally got got to actually sit down and lay this one out on the table because a while thank you so much no thank you so much i learned a lot from you like your transformation is just crazy insane your faith is inspiring the faith that you and your man have to carry on your family is like so dope i really just pray that you just continue to get stronger and continue to help others and just i just have you're gonna be on my mind tonight and i don't even know what to say because i'm so thankful and just super inspired i'm thankful for you having me on here and i really hope that something comes out of everything that i've said and it inspires somebody else that's the biggest thing is i feel like hearing what somebody else goes through can always inspire somebody to to keep their faith if that person can get through it why can't Mm. i yep I feel like it was needed for me to be able to sit and talk. I am enlightened the way that I am, and I do think positive. Still human. There's some times where I feel like to just let out. For now, I'll keep talking to God. That's the best one. That's the best one you can call on. If I'm not, literally, there are days where if I'm not listening to a podcast in the morning, because I don't really like to do music in the morning, I feel like I like to go to work with like a really calm mindset. Either listen to a podcast or I, I pray. Like I talk to God and I sit there.